Hello, welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and the strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Uh, check it out. It's the best commercial agent training you've ever seen. I guarantee it. CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, we continue our coverage of COVID-19 and how it's impacting the commercial real estate industry and kind of looking at where we are today, uh, also looking at how uh, different commercial real estate participants are handling and reacting, uh, and then also talking about forecasts, kind of what to expect and a post-COVID and moving forward. Obviously, one of the industries that's been hit uh, dramatically is the restaurant industry, uh, and the restaurant industry tends to impact uh, a lot of us uh, in our real estate of, of various properties and types, uh, and especially if you're actually in the business, right? Well, uh, welcome my guest today. It's Darren Tristano. He's CEO, CEO and founder of Food Service Results, and he's joining us uh, on Zoom. Maybe you guys are just hearing the audio. Darren, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. And, and Darren, you've been tracking this industry and, and been really involved in it very closely for 30 years. And as you look at what's going on right now, one of the big questions I think uh, my friends in the industry have right now is how many of these restaurants will not come back that, that really just after this devastating blow are just going to go out of business? Well, I think ultimately the early estimates that we started to see in the industry were between 20 and 30 percent. And that, that just seems very pessimistic. And uh, when we think about the 650,000 restaurants that are open today, uh, that's a very large number. I mean, that would be one on every street, practically. So, That's in the U.S.? Yes. So when we take a look at the forecast for permanent closures, uh, the, the general consensus among experts in the industry is about 10 to 12%. Now, I think it's important to recognize that many of these locations are built for restaurants. And if these temporary closures become permanent because of financial concerns, many of these over the next five years will reopen as other restaurants or be sold to other individuals to start them up and open them again. So I think we're at a point today where there's oversaturation and this is getting us to equalize, I believe, the number of restaurants to the number of consumers and over time, We'll see this number go down sharply, but rebound slowly over the next few years and very likely get back to a level of oversaturation, assuming we still see strong economic conditions. And it seems like COVID has really just sped up in, in the commercial real estate industry. A lot of trends we were already seeing anyway. So it sounds like what you've just described is almost described as a correction were we kind of headed in a, a correction? Did we have were we did we have too many restaurants to, anyway? Yeah, it's a correction because we've had too many restaurants, and not only that, uh, one of the bigger issues is there's too many seats. So several of these restaurants, especially full service, are very large, hundred to two hundred seats, and it just isn't an opportunity to fill them. One of the biggest trends today, uh, before COVID. And, and now into COVID is off-premise dining. 
So we're seeing third-party delivery from brands like McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's, which are so convenient and easy to drive through. But so many of the younger consumers are looking for restaurant-quality food off-premise and are willing to pay for delivery or are willing to go in and pick it up and consume it somewhere else with friends, social occasions, because they just don't see a lot of limited service restaurants as places to dine and eat. So off-premise has grown and these larger restaurants are making it harder to survive because of the high rents and the lack of patrons coming in. Darren, which restaurants overall, when you look at the categories, uh, may have the biggest struggle moving forward? Well, I think casual dining is going to hurt the most. This would include the brands like Chili's and Applebee's. Certainly, we've seen it with Ruby Tuesday and so many closures over time, as well as TGI Fridays. So I think casual dining restaurants will struggle the most. Uh, certainly, bars are going to have a hard time with COVID currently. Uh, but they'll rebound nicely because they're still doing about half of their sales in alcohol, and that's where they get a lot of their margin. Um, when we take a look at other parts of the industry, I think coffee shops are going to struggle long-term because of the socialization and the, the lack of comfort that consumers will have going and lingering and being at these restaurants. But you'll certainly see a lot of that pick up in terms of to-go. Uh, fine dining restaurants will likely continue to have demand once the more affluent and older consumer feels more comfortable going back to restaurants. So many of the fine dining restaurants will struggle. Uh, they only represent about $20 billion in sales in an industry that's closer to $600 billion normally. So I think they're going to struggle. And then the family-style restaurants should continue to do well. Many of these are in rural locations. They're lower rent. And the food price points are very high value with Denny's and Bob Evans and others that you'll see some closures, but they'll continue to do well with fast casual, perhaps performing the best. And QSR restaurants that are especially in pizza, sandwich, burger, chicken, ones that are very convenient and easy to get through. Okay. And as we're talking today, it's June 10th. So some places are opening back up. You know, I'm currently in, sitting in Atlanta. You know, we, we've had restaurants opening back up. So, so what, based on today, what you've seen so far, Darren, what do you expect for a rebound of interest and in, in, uh, in how fast people might come back to these restaurants based on what you see so far today? Well, I think the timing is good. If we were in the middle of winter, it would be much slower. But because we're in the summertime where many people are – ready to get out and to really enjoy themselves and socialize. Now, unfortunately with COVID, it's gonna become more of an issue because of the spread of COVID. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I, I live in Illinois in the Chicago area, restaurants are opening. Uh, in Wisconsin, the Supreme Court reversed the governor's decision, so restaurants there have been open, which means a lot of us Illinoisans have been flocking there uh, to go to restaurants. So I think ultimately we're gonna see a softer return. Uh, for full service restaurants, I would argue that be, be glad if you're hitting 80% of your numbers and, and continuing to focus on off-premise curbside and other opportunities. Uh, if you're limited service, you're very likely going to increase your share because so many restaurants have closed and so many consumers are focusing on limited service. So I think we'll see 
a slow rebound. We're very likely going to end this year down somewhere between 30 and 35% of total revenue. And that's just because our capacity has been uh, really influenced and our demand is down. But I would suggest over the next three or four years, we'll continue to see rates of growth similar to what we saw last year, which was a little over 3% on a nominal basis. That will continue once we get back on track and once we get to a point where uh, consumers are more comfortable going back to restaurants, perhaps after a vaccine is put in place. Okay. And let's talk about kind of the landlord-tenant re- uh, relationships right now and, and kind of lease uh, rent deferrals and things. I've seen some um, companies like McDonald's um, send letters to landlords that uh, makes you uh, think that, boy, that they're a great tenant and, and, and a great you know, partner to have as a tenant. They're going to do everything they can to pay employees and pay the rent. Then I've seen letters come from uh, Starbucks where they say, hey, uh, we're, we need a year of no free rent and, and we're demanding it. And it, and it kind of came across as, wow, I really don't want to own property anymore where they're a tenant. Just the attitude of it just seemed uh, poor. Uh, what would you, what advice would you give to uh, landlord and, and, and tenants in the restaurant industry right now to think about? Well, I think if you're a landlord, you have to be proactive. You can't just expect your tenants to pay at 100%. And I think the best landlord-tenant relationship is one in which there's communication. Um, Often what I'm hearing is that landlords are going to the tenant and saying, we would be able to defer this. We would also be willing to take a lower rent in the short term, provided that you're paying in advance because they do want to get that money. Deferring rent that's never going to get paid doesn't help anyone. And certainly, if a landlord is looking at the situation long-term, it's certainly better to have a tenant in place than have to release that space, pay tenant improvements, go without rent for a while. So, you know, it's trying to ease the burden in the short term and be a good landlord to support your tenant and, and really improve the relationship that you have. So deferrals are good. Offering some consideration, I think, is also good. But doing nothing and just expecting uh, the tenant to pay um, isn't. One of the good news items here is that this PPT money is going to be paid out and uh, forgiven if so many of these different circumstances are met. And one of the things is they, they really have to keep the doors open. The only way to pay employees is to keep your doors open. So that's a good sign for the restaurants, for the tenant, and certainly for the landlord. Yeah. I saw um, a tenant, I talked to a tenant the other day, has several restaurants, and he, when I asked him, hey, are you closing some of them for good? I know that question I started with for you today. And he said, look, I may need to, um, uh, a couple of them I may, may need to close. And he said, but what I've done with the, those landlords is I've come back and been honest with them. And I've come back and said, look, you know what my numbers have been uh, pre-COVID. Uh, what if I pay you rent for the next 12 months? It's based on uh, 8% of sales. Um, and, you know, so, cause he doesn't know what's going to happen. Landlord doesn't know what's going to happen. And I thought that was an interesting way uh, to look at it rather than him. Hey, I'm not going to make it. I just got to shut down. Uh, what do you think of that? And what do you think of that kind of rent to revenue ratio? 
Well, I think it's a great compromise and it's, again, starting the dialogue. And, you know, today I think landlords have to be a little more open-minded to be able to get some rent uh, versus no rent. I think generally speaking, eight to 10% is what most restaurant operators look for. Eight tends to be a lower percentage. I think most operators at eight or below are happy. Uh, 10 is kind of the ceiling and above 10 gets to be a little excessive and harder for restaurants to operate. So I think if they somehow get to a point that maybe not eight, but might get to eight or 9%, um, maybe even closer to 10, I think a landlord might be open to that. And I think it's a, a much better opportunity financially for both tenant and landlord versus closing a restaurant uh, where both is gonna need to take a loss from that. So I think it's a, it's a good opportunity. Yeah, and I think some people think of restaurants uh, when they pay the bill and, and pay uh, $10 for a glass of wine and things like that, they think the restaurants are really killing it. What is the kind of the range for margins uh, that these restaurants typically uh, operate under? Well, the longstanding rule has been about 5%. And I think mostly it isn't just your consumer that thinks you're you're making so much money, you've got to back the truck up and put it all in uh, to get it to the bank. I, I think it's also the employee. And some of the best advice I've heard is for operators to share their margins with their employees. And they need to know that for every dollar they collect, it's not profit, it's 95% cost. Uh, obviously, there are restaurants that can do as well as 20, 25% margins, uh, and many restaurants do less to equalize that. But when you're running on a 5% margin with higher costs of labor, uh, difficulty increasing your pricing because consumers won't have it, uh, it makes it very difficult to continue to operate profitably. And many of the mom and pop shops out there are only operating because family are involved and they're not only working in some cases for free, but working at lower wages just to keep the business operating and keep it afloat. So I think if you just recognize that 5% is, is what most restaurants on average make, I think you have to be careful uh, and really take a look at which restaurants you're working with and what they're able to pay. Right. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good advice. Well, Darren, what would you leave our national audience here, considering they're, they're commercial real estate people uh, and they're, uh, are they're restaurant owners or operators, to, to think about moving forward as you kind of look at where we are here on uh, June 10th? I guess I would leave them with the fact that if 10 to 12% of these restaurants close, there's going to be a lot of vacancy. There's going to be a lot of turnover. Uh, there's going to be a lot of time that, that passes without rent coming in and certainly in many cases, tenant improvement allowance going out. I think they have to be open-minded. They have to consider the future as they are looking at new tenants, uh, whether they're corporate or independent restaurants. And I think they have to really recognize that although we've seen recessions, we've seen 9-11 impact the restaurants, I don't know that we've ever seen anything like COVID and the future remains uncertain. So to the extent that they can work with their tenants, improve their relationships, and build their cash flow without having to turn their restaurants over, I think they're going to be in a much better position because as more and more real estate becomes available, there are going to be a lot better options for restaurants, and it's going to be 
very difficult for landlords to remain at 100% rent capacity. So be open-minded, think about your tenant from their shoes, help them survive this pandemic, and hopefully move forward in a great relationship with someone who is now loyal and trusts you. Yeah, very good advice. Darren Tristano, thank you for joining us, sir. Good information as usual. Thank you for having me. Uh, if you'd like more information from Darren, his website is foodserviceresults.com. All right, well, thank you for joining us around the country. We appreciate your comments, sharing the show. Appreciate hearing from you as well. Uh, let us know what, what you think about this show or uh, any of our shows. And uh, please reach out to me if you have any uh, thoughts or, or questions or advice. Uh, until next time, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.